This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have Trevor Thompson on. He's going to talk to us all about how he's investing in the Austin area and why he likes both passively and actively investing. Hey, Trevor, how are you? Awesome. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So really quickly, could you tell our guest who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing in the Austin area? Yeah, so my name is Trevor, originally from Canada. I've been in Austin now for a little over 12 years and started passively investing five years ago and super active in the Austin real estate market, run a couple of meetups and go to a lot of meetups and connect with people and, uh, you know, very active in the, in the Austin community for sure. Awesome. Um, and why do you like investing in the Austin area, Trevor? Yeah, so I love it because it's just such a high growth market, right? There's just so much potential. You know, even right now, things are a little bit dicey. I still believe big in Austin. There's so many people coming here. There's so much money coming here. There's such a shortage of housing. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, 10 years or more before Austin ever catches up, if it ever does to the housing that it needs for the population growth. And, you know, I always sort of say this funny thing. When I first moved here, I drove by a field with cows, and now I drive by about 30,000 apartments and a light rail station coming home. I mean, it's just the, the development has been staggering. Yeah, no, it's surely amazing. Um, Trevor, what first attracted you to real estate investing? So obviously you're doing a lot now, but how'd you get started? Yeah, so, you know, 20-something years ago, somebody gave me a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that book and went, man, this is something I really need to do. And then, to be honest, like most people, I put it on my shelf and I, you know, gave my soul to the man and worked for a company and, you know, I loved it. And, you know, I kept growing and growing and doing, doing great things in the company. And then finally, we did get bought out by a private equity company. So that gave me a little bit of a payday. So I said, okay, now I have no excuse not to switch over and start at least passively investing in real estate. And so, and I started and, uh, you know, I went at it full tilt. So I've been four years and I've invested in 18 different syndications. Wow. That's awesome. So that's, yeah. that's a big number in four years. What is that? How many years is that? Yeah, it's quite, it's too many. <laughs> Almost you know, five a year. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Four and a half a year or so. And it was never intended to do that many. Um, but the market was just so competitive. So I would cash in some stocks or some say or whatever it was to go after a deal. And then, you know, it's a hot competitive market and it just overheated and I couldn't keep up with what prices to pay. And uh, so then I would, so Pat, you know, a passive deal would come along. So my last apartment complex, for example, I passed on making an offering on it 
And then a year later, I participated as a passive investor. You know, big mistake. I could have, uh, I could have really done well if I had been a little more aggressive. It's, uh, it's just scary. No, I completely understand that. Um, so you've done a lot of passive investing, and you said, I, I, I want to hit on what you just said really quickly. That hey, because I've had this same experience. Hey, this this deal came up and it was right in my face. And then I see somebody else do that same deal a year or so later, and maybe a couple of years later, they cash out and they crush it on that deal. So um, can you give our listeners some advice on, on how you've gotten comfortable with pulling the trigger? And maybe, I, yeah. I, think I'm, I think I might know some of the answers to this, but I just want to hear your perspective on how you've gotten comfortable with saying, hey, I know I can do this deal. Um, yeah, maybe it looks like the numbers are a little tight, but here's how I'm getting comfortable doing deals right now. Yeah, so the deal that I mentioned before, you know, it had some pretty significant deferred maintenance and it was a little over my skill set. And unfortunately, call for offers was in a couple of days. And if I'd have known what I know now, I know I could have pushed it. I know way more people. I could have got some people in to estimate the work. You know, and I looked at it and said, this is either a million dollar problem or a $3 million problem. Mm. Well, they took it off the property, fixed it. It was a million and a half dollar problem, mm. but they sold the property for 3 million more than I was looking at it for. So again, within less than a year, they wow. did fix the problem, you know, spent a million and a half bucks, but the value of the property went up another million and a half bucks. And then someone else bought it and I passively invested in it going, wow, if I'd have been that guy that had bought it back then, um, you know, and I, I could have been here or better because I actually still think it's it's got a lot of value add. The nice thing about the Austin market is regentrification is happening quickly. You know, and this one was at the edge of where it's happening. And, you know, even in the short year, it's, it's you know, everybody's buying these, cleaning them up, and I'm going to say fixing and saving the neighborhood. Um, and, and, you know, so... It, it's something that happens in a city that experiences so much growth like Austin does. Love it. Yeah. So you just, you, you saw that you missed a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's something you tell a newer investor that's starting to get into investing and, and they're a little nervous to do deals like this? Yeah. So I think that the advantage I have now is I've aligned myself with the broader base of skill set. You know, real estate is a team sport. And at the beginning, you know, I didn't have a, what I'm going to call a strong team. And so now I've got a much stronger team. You know, so I've got a good connection with a property manager. I've got a good connection with a rehab company. I've got a good connection with somebody that does underwriting better than me. You know, I've got some connections with people that aren't afraid to put hard money down and move towards a deal. So I've assembled what I'm going to call a little stronger team where before I was, you know, um, trying to say, okay, I'm going to go get this deal and go find them. And that was very scary. So finding them in advance, realigning yourself um, makes it not near as intimidating when, you know, you've got to close in 60 plus days. Um, that's, that's a lot of pieces to put together and hope everybody likes the deal you got and joins in. Yeah, absolutely. I could see how that would be nerve wracking. Yeah. Huh. So I want to talk a little bit about your passive investments because we, we don't have too many people that come on this show and talk about passive investing. So I think 
when I first got into real estate investing, I heard that, well, this is passive investing. This is passive income. Can you explain the difference? And I'll give my perspective here later, but a passive investor versus an active investor and what the difference is. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys. Yeah. So it's very interesting. So I think that the best analogy is we're all getting on an airplane and the active investor is the pilot. And he has a co-pilot, he has some stewards and stewardesses, you know, he has a mechanical team that's making sure the plane's ready to go. And then the passive people are the passengers. So we're, we, we paid money to get onto a plane mm -hmm. and we're hoping to get to a destination. And our destination is, you know, creating more wealth and getting, you know, get, having our passive income, you know, pay us dividends, pay us, you know, different things. So it's very interesting way to look at it. And so we're paying for the ride, but you know, all we got to do is drink the Coke and eat the peanuts. I don't guess they don't serve peanuts anymore, but yeah. you know, we don't have any responsibilities where the active person, they have to have a plan, right? So they need a flight plan. Where are we going? What are we going to do? What do we need to accomplish our mission? And do we have enough fuel to get there? And all, you know, are, are do we got to change the tires? Do we got to do this? So that's what I think is the best analogy for, looking at it in a very simplistic point of view. Yeah, so basically, you know, you, you're the active investor, you're doing all the work. Yeah. And the passive investor, you're just investing, you're, you're putting your capital to work. That's correct. And, and it's essentially doing the work for you. So you're getting paid out. And I, I like that to look at what's your time worth too, when you're looking at deals like this it, with an active investor, it is a lot of work. So it is, you are doing a job here as an active investor, as a passive investor, you're purely putting your money to work. All of the work per se is, is done in the beginning. Yes. So you're doing the due diligence, making sure in the right spot. Yeah. But why I think passive investing is so powerful is you know, people see the returns, they say, oh, well, seven or 8% cash on cash, whatever, 15% IRR, that's not that good. But you don't have to do any work for it. And that's the magic in passive investing that I see is you do zero work, and you can get much better returns than you're going to get in the stock market, typically with, with less risk and with tax benefits too. You know? so, yeah. so the, the combination of, of you know, you, you don't do anything, you know, the combination of uh, the tax benefits, all the different things, the fact that it comes to you at a better tax rate, better than your, you know, and then you get your passive losses from a depreciation and accelerated depreciation. So in theory, you could pay no tax on your passive income, where if you make money in the stock market, you're going to pay tax on it. If you sell your share, do your things. So it's a big, big, big advantage um, that a lot of people don't. Plus, the market, yes, there's a crash many years ago and happened, right? Where maybe you have a little adjustment right now. But look at the roller coaster ride of the stock market. Like, you know, I remember after COVID and the world shut down, I woke up and I was worth 30% less and I had 80% of my money in the stock market. That's wow. a significant hit. Um, yeah. you know, I crawled out of it. And so, you know, that roller coaster ride, um, 
you know, it's different. Everybody needs a house. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody does. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. No, I agree. And then, you know, back to the active versus passive is on the active side, you're doing a lot of work. I mean, it can it can be quite a bit of work and it it is another job. So people are saying, hey, I want passive income. You're going to get a return on the money you invest when you're active, too. But you have to do the work to produce that return. That's correct. And on the active side, there's risk. Um, You know, unfortunately, I had a deal. We had a pretty big property in San Antonio under contract worked it for six months and we couldn't close. Um, and as a group, we lost $350,000, which is substantial. Um, right. I lost 75 personally and all of the passive investors got their money back 100%. Um, they lost a little bit of opportunity while we held their money waiting to close the deal, but um, they all got their money back um, yeah. and they didn't take the risk. So, you know, there is the risk reward thing. So as an active, you get definitely get rewards. Um, but you also take the risks and you take the responsibility, right? I think the biggest part is the responsibility, right? I've taken a portion of your life savings and I'm responsible for it. Um, that's a big responsibility that an, every active investor should take seriously. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, so before we started on the show here, we, we did talk a little bit about passive versus active. So you've done, yeah. you said 18 deals as a passive investor and you're working on some as an active investor too. Could you talk yeah. about those real quick? Yeah. So what, and I'll tell you why it happened, right? So I had a very good paying job and I was quite happy to passively invest and build my wealth. Um, and I even invested different, right? I didn't invest for cash flow. I invested for wealth generation. For me, it was really important to build my wealth up. You know, I wanted to, you know, take my money and double it in five years was more important. I didn't need the cash flow. Um, the cash flow was almost annoying because I had to take tax, you know, figure out, uh, you know, and when I say annoying sounds really entitled, but it's, uh, you know what I mean? It was just, I just wanted to create wealth. And then with COVID, I ended up losing my job. And I decided that instead of going out and getting another W-2, I would take what I'd learned and I would switch to active. So we had the deal that I just talked about that I was on for six months and we ended up losing. Um, I got on a small deal right after that, which is close. So in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, which is one of my few investments outside of the state of Texas. And then since then, I've joined a couple of other deals, one other deal, and then I got another property in San Antonio under contract. And each time I'm a, a bigger piece of the active. So the very beginning piece, I just raised a little bit of money and I have a couple of responsibilities. The second one, I'm with the boots on the ground part of asset management. And then the third one, I'm the full asset manager. And that means that, you know, I'm responsible, right? I need to make sure the property manager is doing what they're supposed to do. I got to verify all the construction that has been done, make sure that the draws get paid to the contractors. So it's a much bigger responsibility. It's not only creating the plan, but responsible for its full execution. Um, but there are rewards on that side. Um, 
you know, there's your acquisition fees, your asset management fees, and then you own a percentage of the deal um, with only your efforts in it. I still passively invest in every deal, by the way, I'm active and listeners should never invest in a deal that the sponsor hasn't invested in themselves. Yeah, no, I agree too. The, the deals that I've invested in, everybody's all of the, all the passive investors or all, sorry, all the actives. So the GP have been passive investors yeah. in the deal too. So awesome. So you're moving from passive to active here. You've done some passive investing here for a few years. And I think that, that that's what people should do if they're trying to get into the active investing in commercial space. But Trevor, what's next for you? What are your long-term goals and what's your vision for real estate here in the future? Jordan Moorhead here. Really quickly, wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Yeah, so I definitely want to close two more deals this year um, and, and balance it out. I've got a couple of passive deals that are coming due, and my goal is to balance it out. So, you know, I hope within the end of about another two, two and a half years, you know, I'm about 10 active and 10 passive. I want to balance it out. And on my passive side, I also invest in different things just to learn. So I call it earn and learn. So I'm in a retail strip center, medical center, a new build uh, storage unit. And those ones I don't know enough that I could take the responsibility on of doing them. But I want to spread out and be in a couple of asset classes just to balance out my portfolio a little bit and not be only multifamily focused. Uh, but on the active side, I'm staying multifamily because it's a space that I know and understand. And then I want to follow the model that a lot of people do, right? When you're first starting out, you're buying the scrappy deep value ads. Then you get to go to the B class uh, with the moderate value add. And then next thing you know, you're on the A class with the you know consistent but smaller cash flow. Um, and then my ultimate goal is to own dirt. So I want to be CVS's, Starbucks, Walgreens landlord. Um, and it's in theory, the lowest return, but the safest return, right? And that's that's truly like, even if they shut down the CVS, they still got to send you a check because they're a big company and they got to they do it till someone else leases the space. Um, and that is my ultimate, what I plan to pass on for my generational wealth. Um, they don't have to understand real estate to, to collect the rent check from Walgreens. Yeah. So yeah, that's all. That's an awesome. You explained that so clearly, but you know, I think everybody says, Oh, I want a high return or I want a high cap rate. And like you said, the high return stuff is, is hairier and more risky to put together. So the deep value add, let's say C-class property, yeah. like you're talking about is going to have a higher cap rate or a higher return, but then you get further down the, the line and, you know, past A-class apartments and a triple net in a great location with a corporate tenant like CVS or Walgreens or Starbucks, and the cap rate's really low. Maybe it's a, a two to three cap, but Starbucks yeah. pays their bills no matter what. You know, if the economy goes in the tank, they do. Starbucks yeah. is still paying. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's a lot of spaces now created, especially during the pandemic, like the the need for industrial spaces and stuff, you know, it's, it's staggering. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> Trevor, you know, you mentioned rich dad, poor dad. I know that's a favor of everybody. 
What is your favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to other people? So purely on mindset, I'm a Grant Cardone 10X. Got to listen to it on Audible. And then you got to follow it by Be Obsessed or Be Average, also on Audible, because it kind of, it's it's the application of 10X being, and I'm an obsessive person. And so I just soaked it up and done it and love it. And then on the real estate side, um, Passive Investing by James Kamasami. It's a great book that explains what does it really mean to be a passive investor? And even an active investor should understand it. And then I love Joe Fairless, Best Ever Syndication book. It is what I consider the simplest overview of how to syndicate a deal, um, you know, kind of in step-by-step, almost boring, but exciting if you love it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, I love that book too. Trevor, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, so I'm super active on Facebook and LinkedIn. So you can find me, K. Trevor Thompson, or you can reach out to me. My website is Niagara-Investments, and the email is ktt at Niagara-Investments. And the reason for the Niagara, I'm originally from Niagara Falls, Canada. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Ties in. <laughs> yeah. So Niagara-Investments.com yeah. and then K. Trevor Thompson on LinkedIn and Facebook, Facebook, most commonly. All right, Trevor, most important question we ask here on this podcast, what is your favorite restaurant in Austin? Yeah, so in the domain, there's a place called North. It's an Italian, sort of mm -hmm. Northern Italian restaurant. Don't go in the summer and sit in the patio. It's a little brutal, but in the spring and fall, it just feels like you're in a whole different world, right? You sit on the patio, the food is amazing. The service is great. And the prices are reasonable. So those three things, um, it's it's sort of my go-to if I have a visitor into town, especially spring and fall where, you know, people are still coming from cold, rainy weather. Um, in Austin, it's just beautiful. So that's my favorite. Yeah, I love that place too. North, is it north in, uh, in the yeah. domain, and yeah. it's Italia too. Yeah, and it's really good. And it's just nice, consistent um northern type italian cuisine awesome well trevor thank you so much for coming on here today again if anybody wants to reach out to trevor on facebook and linkedin look up k trevor thompson and we'll have all this in the show notes and then niagarainvestments.com correct that's correct niagara dash, niagara dash in there had to add the dash you know somebody else had that all one word oh all right. So remember, guys, we will have that in the show notes so everybody can reach out to Trevor and learn more about what he's doing here in the Austin area. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on here, Trevor. And we will talk to you here soon. Take care.